This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We are live on the fan. Grant and Danny welcoming in our Richmond audience. They'll be with us for the next three hours today. We appreciate them listening. If you're in and around D.C., in the car, listening at home on a smart device, thank you for making the show part of your day. By the way, I saw this. We're going to get back to Bienemy, Roman, the OC options in just a moment. But I wanted to just discuss this with you real quick, Danny. This is the broadcaster mark in me. This is my nerdy thing that I do. All right. That very few people care about. Did you see the story that Greg Olson, not Greg Roman, who might be an offensive coordinator in Washington, but Greg Olson, the color commentator, the analyst on Fox with Kevin Burkhardt on the A-team that just did the Super Bowl. So he makes $10 million a year. It's very nice. But if you think that's a lot of money, I'm going to explain to you why it's actually not that crazy for an A-team analyst. But when Brady starts next year and he gets bumped down to the B-team, he will lose $7 million per year. He'll go from $10 million per season to $3 million per season based on his contract when they bring in someone else to be on the A-team. Tom Brady, by the way, is going to make $37.5 per year. 10 years and three seventy-five. Olsen signed a deal for $10 million a pop. Hate the contract for our guy, who's been excellent, by the way. He's really good. He um, goes to the B team, and he gets now $3 million a year. Now, listen, no one should cry poverty. He'll be fine. But that kind of stinks, right? doesn't it? Now, you're right about that. Let, let me say this. I know. We have to couch it. A lot of people are listening and going, $3 million a year? What do you care? That guy, I'll never make $3 million. Shh. Put on your maturity cap for a minute, okay? I, me either. Okay, we all want more money. I, I get it. In this industry that these guys are in, Brady's making 37 and a half a season. Romo's going to make 18 million a year. Aikman makes 18 million a year. Chris Collinsworth makes 12 million a year. By the way, if I was Collinsworth, I'd be renegotiating that. Yeah, deal. I'd be I'd be eyeballing. Romo and Aikman are both at 18 and I'm at 12. Something doesn't quite add up. Olsen, 10 million a year going down to 3 when Brady comes. Kirk Herbstreet Ten million per year. Yeah, Herbie's doing it right. It, but ten, fe- it should be ten. But I, my, who, what's the agent doing right there? Going, he gets less. Sure, <laughs> like no. It's a great question. Who, who is my guy's agent? But here, here's where the agent hooked him. You ready for All this? Right. So even though he goes down from ten million to three million, if if he gets replaced on the eighteen, when he gets replaced on the eighteen, if he gets an offer to be on a better team with another network, he can get out of his deal. Ah, that's nice. Now, is CBS going to replace Tony Romo with him? No, I don't think they're going to do that. Although, in a couple of years, if if supposedly, you know, they're upset with Romo, if that were to continue and Olsen is just, his star continues to rise, I guess it's possible. 
What I actually envision, now this is my tinfoil hat, nerdy broadcasting thing. If I'm Amazon Prime, I'm saying Kirk Herbstreet, it's been great. College game day is that way. Your, your Saturday night Chris Fowler experience is through that door. Greg Olson, come on down. Here's $15 million a year. Oh, I like what you're doing there. Let's make this little broadcast that gets pretty dry with Al Michaels better. Spice it up a little. And, and if I'm while we're doing this little exercise where I'm calling the shots, Al, thanks for the time. Thank you so much. You are a legend, an icon. Hi, Ian Eagle, please. Birdman, how you doing? Ian Eagle, Greg Olson, Amazon Prime. Let's rock and roll. Not too shabby times. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Ryan. I'm into that. Uh, can I air a grievance, too, before we get back to the phone calls? Yes, yeah, super air, quick. air your grievance. This is the grievance bell. Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl Parade. Seriously, I like it. Great. That's awesome. You got, I think. I, I, this, this bell is for when a butt is coming. But I think, I don't know if that's the owner on TV now. I don't know if that's the owner's kid. I don't know exactly what the his role is. is Clark Hunt, right? Yeah. So His, who, his kid is Gracie Hunt, and you would know if she's on screen. Well, it's a dude. Okay. Then so I don't maybe, know how old he is. Maybe it's his son. Yeah, he's wearing a he's wearing a red jacket. How old is the guy? He's trying to cut a. He's in his thirties, looks like. Forties. Eh. Older. My age. I don't know. I, I can't see it from here. The point of the dude's story is, he's running through all the cool things that's happened. Kansas won the Super Bowl, and I, he did the bit that drives me crazy. He was like, and everybody counted us out. Literally, not one person counted you out at any time. No, I, I need to I need to be very clear about this. People counted out, count out the seven seeds. Like, I counted out the Giants as a legit Super Bowl contender this year because they weren't one. You are always a Super Bowl contender. I, it's okay to be the overdog. You, you built something wonderful that everybody expects you to win 12 or 13 or 14 games and be in the AFC title game every season because you have been for the last five years. Stop doing the Nobody believed in us. Everyone believed in you at all times. Everyone believed in you every second of the day. You should just get up there and go, uh, we have Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid. Good night, everybody. That's the end. Nobody believed in us. All. Seriously, every person ever. Casual fan, expert fan, hardcore. Now, maybe people picked Philadelphia to win the specific game, but the idea that nobody believed in you in the Super Bowl for the third time in four years, everyone at all times, who's aware of professional football, of the 130 million people, whatever the hell the number is, that tuned into the game, not one person was like, yeah, that Kansas City, they have no chance. They stink. They don't really belong here. Everyone, always, at all times, believes in you. Thank you. Yeah, this has been a source of, I won't say frustration as much as kind of a side tilt of the head curiosity for me. Patrick Mahomes' wife, Brittany, mm-hmm. tweeted, a lot of people owe us apologies or, or something along those lines after the game. I saw Travis Kelsey, who I, I love when he gets on the mic and is is letting people know you got to fight for the right to party and, and whatever else he's going to say as he cuts his WWE promos. But his point on Mike after the game was, what you're saying, no one gave us a chance. You guys all said we couldn't get back here. Whatever it takes, I guess, to motivate yourself. But I'm looking at the odds. And this is some kind of summation of based on a bunch of sports books as of training camp of this past season in late July. The Bills were the Super Bowl favorite at plus 650. Mm-hmm. The Bucks at plus 750 were second. 
The Chiefs were third at plus nine fifty. No one, be- like no one believes in us. I'm talking about Washington, right? The Texans, no one believes in us. The Texans were plus three hundred thousand. That's three hundred to one, folks. That's what it looks like. No one believed in the Carolina Panthers. Nobody Falcons, believed in Jets, us. Seahawks, Jags, Bears. Like they could have that speech. Yes, the Chiefs don't get to. But everyone does the no one gave us a chance thing now. So that the team with one of the great quarterbacks ever and one of the most accomplished coaches ever with five straight division titles, five straight conference championship games, more Super Bowls than not over the last four years. Yes. It's not that crazy that you got here. No one believed in us. I'm Wait, I'm being told all the people always believe in us at every, every second of every day. All right, so let's get back to the MGM National Harbor listener lines on Grant and Danny. The enemy or Roman, I want responses, Danny, mm-hmm. to my point that Roman's a better fit than the enemy. I think the enemy's a better hire. I would hire him if it was up to me. I view football and offense different than these guys that are in Ashburn do. And for that reason, I think Roman is going to be more along the lines of what they want and fits way better where they're trying to go. Unfortunately, I think you're right about that, and it hurts. I mean, you're talking about an offense under Greg Roman that has finished in the top 10 in points Twice uh, over the course of his tenure or so career. Um, if you start looking at pass attempts, pass yards, net yards per attempt, passing games do not sing. They are not good. Um, part of that, you could argue, is quarterback, receiver, yeah, his quarterbacks whatever. quarterbacks have included uh, Lamar Jackson, Colin Kaepernick, Tyrod Taylor. I'm trying, I'm just topping my head here. Um, who, who else? Backups at times. He's had to yeah. have Tyler Huntley in there. Big big sample here again over three different he has teams. Not had a traditional pocket passer who's you know lights it up and is accurate and just makes throws all over the field. Totally, um, but again they also haven't ex- had acceptable passing games for the majority of that time. Nobody's saying you're going to be the number or the egg debate. I was yeah. Saying. Well, nobody's going to be number one when you run the ball as well as they do, and they've run it great under Greg Roman. That's indisputable. But to me, you can feature that, and I, I think that is close to what they want to do. And I think it's just such a wrong way to do it. Let's go to Neil in Columbia on the fan. Hey, Neil. Hey, Grant, Danny. What's up, buddy? Hey, so I, uh, I'm i a Ravens fan. I've watched every Ravens um, as well as Washington. Good, because I want to ask this to a Ravens fan, too. So you'll be the guy that I'll ask. Why do you guys all hate Greg Roman so much? Uh, because his offense got completely stale and completely deteriorated. It went downhill. And I think, you know, more uh, to the point for Washington – Lamar Jackson regressed as a passer uh, over the last several years. So it's really a tremendously terrible fit for Washington. Uh, Eric Bieniemy is my dream hire for Washington, and Greg Roman is my nightmare hire for Washington. <laughs> uh, if you look at Washington's offense, the best position group is wide receiver by far. I don't, I don't think it's really debatable. Um, and you have, and their plan A is to go with a, a a very young, almost rookie quarterback. Sam Howell is not Lamar Jackson, Colin Kaepernick, or even Tyrod Taylor when it comes to mobility. So you're going to have to develop him as a passer as well as a runner. Greg Roman has not shown the capability to do that. So, so you're going to be. I would say this though. I appreciate you. I think there is a question to be asked, and it sounds like you're of the belief that Jackson got worse based on Roman, essentially, or that Jackson didn't benefit from tutelage of Roman, didn't get better, and that was Roman's fault. And that is very possible. I'm not telling you that's wrong. I would just say it's this is a debate. 
This is chicken or the egg. It could also be that Lamar Jackson, there have always been questions about him as a passer, was at his best. Some people caught on to what they were doing to get guys wide open. Now it's about him making throws and he hasn't made them. Or, you know, like Roman maybe has more success designing a passing game if Jackson was better. Like it could be one or the other. I would push back a little bit on that their offense was solved or stagnant, I guess, in that, you know, this past year, and Jackson missed a lot of time again, they ranked number two in rushing offense, number three in yards per play, and they were the number 12 offense in the NFL. One year before that, Jackson playing a similar amount, they were the number 18 offense in the NFL, six spots worse than they were this year. And while they were second or third in rushing, last year they were third in rushing, fifth in yards per play. So their running game didn't really get worse. Their offense overall got better year over year. They were the number one rushing offense in the NFL three years ago. They were the number 10 offense in the league in yards per play, which is, again, better than where they were this past year at 12, but not decidedly so. So we're talking about 12th and 10th in two of the last three seasons. Uh, They were third in yards per play way back in 2019 when Lamar Jackson won Won the MVP MVP award. They were number one in rushing. They were 10th in passing per play. That was kind of their peak. So his argument, and maybe it's fair, I think there are Ravens fans who say this, Greg Roman made Lamar Jackson worse and or he regressed because of the coaching. The point is, when Jackson was at his peak, they were an elite offense running and passing. Since then, it's only been running. But their offense really hasn't gotten worse over three years in terms of where they rank in yards per play, running the football, and largely in passing as well. The one outlier being that monster MVP season for Lamar. Let's go to Brendan in Fredericksburg. Hey, Brendan. All right, so this is pretty easy. And it, it's not only a better fit, it's a better decision. They got to go with the enemy for two reasons. One, who has been the coach most intimately coaching Mahomes, who's going to go down as on the Mount Rushmore since they drafted him? Well, that's the enemy. Two, look at the coaching tree. The enemy's been with Andy Reid. I mean, you can't ask for more from a from a coach from experience than to coach somebody who's a generational talent. He's our generation's John Elway, basically, and he's only 27 since they drafted him. And the reason why it's a better fit is because the most important thing next year is that we evaluate Sam Howe correctly and we develop Sam Howe. And if not... If we draft somebody, draft a quarterback, we evaluate that quarterback, and we develop that quarterback. And Greg Roman doesn't have the coaching tree, or he hasn't worked. I mean, Lamar Jackson's a running back playing quarterback. That's not completely fair. I mean, he was the MVP of the league in a year where he had almost 40 touchdown passes. So is he a great passer? I would say right now, absolutely not. And I think the caller, who's a Ravens fan a couple callers ago, is right. He's actually regressed in that area. But I think that's overstated to, to say that he's just a running back. Who yeah, I don't think that's right. But but to 
again, we we do these kind of chicken of the egg type arguments. How much is it that receivers didn't blossom? Marquise Brown in 2019 was there for half the games, caught about 600 yards worth of passes, never really turned into anything. They've drafted everyone from Devin Duvernay to to, to leftovers. Is it because they can't get receiver right, well, or is it a scheme that, thing? I mean, it, there's not a single Ravens receiver that's left there and done anything anywhere else either. Totally. So you wonder, like, okay, well, are they not throwing well because they have no talent? Is it because people figured out Roman's passing game? Is it a Lamar Jackson weakness? And I think the answer to all that is yes, right? I, I think there's an, a the run game bona fides for Roman are indisputable. You cannot fool with them. They are outstanding. But my point is sometimes it's third and seven, right? Like, and and that's where winning happens to me. And so, but Anquan, but what about Anquan Bolden, right? And there's other guys on this list that had outstanding seasons under Greg Roman. 85 catches, 1,200 yards. Like there Before Baltimore, there are receivers that had really good years under him. Sure. I, I think now we've got enough data points, though, where, where teams have adjusted and figured some things out, it seems but, like. But my point is your data points are all Baltimore the last few years when I just don't think their offense, and I think it could be a Jackson thing, goes through receivers. It goes through tight ends. Mark Andrews is a beast. Who's excellent. They've yeah. got others. It goes through the running game, obviously, and so like, I if we're gonna say the enemy can come here and run the ball a ton, which I agree with, by the way, mm-hmm. then I, I just think it, it's silly to say Roman couldn't come here and also have success throwing the ball, which he has earlier in his career. Earlier he has, but my most recent samples kind of tell me a story. I think it's twofold. One, no good receivers in Baltimore. They have a good tight end receiver, but I think they can't get receiver right. Where we can't get. You know, name that position quarterback. Plenty of their weakness is receiver. They cannot figure that position out no matter what. They're the opposite of Pittsburgh, who just gets receiver right every second of every day. That's number one. But I think Roman's sort of lack of evolution in in passing games has really been a contributing factor as well in terms of getting guys open uh, on a consistent basis. Very possible. I would be willing to agree. Uh, I I just think things get overstated. Is all. That's I agree with you. People want to do definitives. It's not. It's not. What receiver have they had that should have been outstanding that wasn't is something I would ask, right? And again, if you go back before Baltimore, where it has almost all exclusively been Lamar Jackson in this, you know, run heavy 50 series read option kind of offense, he in Buffalo in 15 and 16, he was with the Bills. And and I, I don't know that, you know, Tyrod Taylor as an example or someone like that was. Uh, a great passer, but there were receivers that had some of their better years at, at that time. Sammy Watkins had his best season of his career to date with Greg Roman calling plays in Buffalo. He was outstanding. I don't think they've had a pl- player that talented in Baltimore. Well, they had, in Buffalo, they had Robert Woods, for example, yep. who was a 45-catch guy there, goes and doubles all that stuff when he gets to Sean McVay. So, But your point about Tyrod Taylor is right. and It's always complicated with with evaluating someone like Roman. It's it's never just this one definitive stamp. He can't do this. Well, that's not totally true. They can't do that. Not totally true either. It's and nuanced. The Woods thing doesn't really bother me because Woods is not the number one wide receiver on a team that is a run-first team with a passer who's very average in Taylor, right? So, yeah, I mean, he, he had one season where he had 100 targets and caught 70 balls for 700 yards in Buffalo and eventually became really, really good on a pass-first team or at least the team that threw the ball more, I should say. I don't know that the Rams have ever been passed first with McVay. But I don't think, if the point is, are they going to be the Chiefs if Greg Roman comes here? No, not at all. Mm-mm. But is McLaurin still going to be able to go for 1150 or 1200 yards? Are you going to be able to get Dotson to 1,000 yards? Yeah, I think so. 
Again, everyone pretends like if you if you run the ball a ton, your receivers are null and void. Look at the Eagles. Two teams ran the ball less frequently or, or, or passed the ball less frequently, and they had a couple of thousand-yard receivers who were all pro types. I mean, A.J. Brown had an unbelievable season, better than anything that had happened previously in Tennessee. Let's go to Jay in D.C. What's up, Jay? What's up, you guys? Hey, uh, I think Eric, I think Eric Bieniemy would be the best acquisition this offseason. I still have Anthony Lynn as my second choice, and Greg Roman as my third, mainly because John Kime has reported that Ron admires Kyle Shanahan and Andy Reid, and he wants to run a West Coast game. That's the only reason why I haven't been going for Bieniemy. Um, Wait, that and, Ron I mean, does I mean, what? Haven't, haven't, Hold on, well, go back, yeah. go back, go back, go back. That Ron, Ron admires Kyle Shanahan and Andy Reid because of the West Coast game. He he likes the way that they run West Coast, and John Collins reported that he wants to run a West Coast game. That's why he interviewed the enemy. Well, he's got a funny and way of showing it. I'll say, <laughs> and, bo- and, and bo- both of them can do it. I don't. To your point, Grant, I don't actually think that's their philosophy. I don't think they've been truthful about everything they've been doing. They Bro, went he, out. It's, it's they, what he's done for ten years. It's what he did in Carolina. Why has he always done not, it he, that way? He's not the offensive coordinator. He he. Those just those are just the people he he had with him. I, I, I no, promise you. He was you, the head coach. He, he's not running that side of the building. I I, I promise but, but he, you. The, I, he I hires you, I the guy that runs that side of the building. Yeah, but did you see the first game of the season with the Jaguars? Like yeah, we were throwing it all I over did. the place. And he and in all this offseason, when he's been doing all those interviews during the Super Bowl, he's been saying. I want someone that can get the ball into our playmaker's hands. He hasn't been saying, I want to run a thousand times. Yeah, and last so offseason, yeah. he said that they had the sixth best offense in the league, or offensive line in the league, and then he cut three of the guys on the offensive line. No, last offseason, yeah, he said that uh, we're, we're now ready for a quarterback. We, we built up all the other stuff. And this offseason, he's saying the opposite. Uh, so. Forgive me for not yeah, exactly you, you, just you taking hunt, everything he says as gospel. Yeah, me, me neither. I don't trust anything he normally says, but. You trust what they do, not what they say. And if he if he hires the enemy, I think we got to trust that the enemy is going to be able to be the enemy. I hope so. It's a great point. I mean, that I that is right. the essential thing, and, I, and you brought it up, and I think it's smart. In so much as if you let Eric Bieniemy be Eric Bieniemy, what a win! But if you Mike Zimmer this thing and cast a pall over it and ruin it and try to you know steer the river a little bit more to your liking, there's no point in hiring him. I love the idea that he admires Kyle Shanahan. That's great to hear. He should admire Kyle Shanahan. Everyone in the league should admire Kyle Shanahan. And they should copy what he's doing and try to implement it. 800-636-1067 if you want to hop in on Grant and Danny. What's best for Sam Howell's development? Now, bien has been working with Mahomes. That seems like a slam dunk, right? Roman's a guy that has worked with running quarterbacks throughout almost all of his career. And Howell had seven 100-yard rushing games in his final year at North Carolina. And showed a bunch of wheels in the one game we saw. G and D on the fan. Michael Jordan turned sixty today. Sixty years old. Mm. That'll make you feel old. Yes, it will. The six-time NBA champion celebrating his sixtieth birthday on Friday. I-, I guess it wasn't today then. It's going to be Friday. Uh, makes a $10 million donation to celebrate to Make-A-Wish, which is pretty neat. Largest donation ever received from an individual in Make-A-Wish's 43-year history. Good for MJ. There you go, MJ. I remember as a, what was he, maybe 21, 22 years old, pouring in 60-some points against 
the Celtics in the Boston Garden when he was completely that team was completely overmatched because Boston had nine Hall of Famers, whatever it was, on the roster on their way to a yet another uh, Finals appearance, and Jordan was just un. They, they all took turns trying. I mean, Bird tried, Dennis Johnson tried. He just went for sixty in the Garden. And Boston won, but you're just going. This is so much different than everybody else. God, he was great. 60 years old. 60. I saw that NBC's making a push to get the NBA back in some capacity. Bring it to me. When I hear NBC and NBA together, I I hear the anthem that you're talking about, which is the number one sports anthem, intro music, if you will, ever. I hear Bob Costas' voice and see him on the call sitting courtside. But I, I think about Jordan against the Jazz. That's what I think about. I think about the Byron Russell mm-hmm. trying to defend him, 98 maybe, yep. series where eh, maybe he pushed off. But he, he pulls back with the fadeaway. It helps Russell keep sliding, uh-huh. and then he hits the jumper to win it. I think of Marv. Here's Jordan. Yes. Perfect. Just everyone knows what it means. Here's Jordan, comma, yes. Yes. Let's go to the phones, 800-636-1067. Who would be better for Sam Howell, Eric Bieniemy or Greg Roman? I think we disagree a little bit just mm-hmm. based on whenever I've talked about this and we've gone back and forth on how much Howell should be running around next year. Is that fair to say or no? It is fair, yeah. For me, the way I would summarize it, I think it's clo- I think we're actually close, but there's a different way of thinking about it. It's like a six of one, half dozen of the other. To me, passer who, when needed, can also run sometimes. That's how I view it. Because it's like the extra toolkit in your bag, the extra golf shot that you can hit that your opponent can't hit. You've got a major to get really, really good. Not to gimmick it up and maybe win a game or two here or there to to patchwork an inefficient offense or or a mediocre team. I think you've got to prioritize, major in, how do I make this guy the best possible throw of the football? And by the way, what's cool, he has an advantage over some opponents. He can move around a little bit. Use that sometimes, but let's never lose focus of who we are and what we're about. So I just think that if you look around the NFL now, it's almost pertinent to be athletic and mobile at the quarterback position. you got to be able to create and extend as a minimum. Mm-hmm. If you can't do that, you're in big, big trouble. It's a great asset if you're able to make plays with your feet. I think where we get carried away is it's almost like now people want that to be the, the major instead of the minor, and I'm all for that part of the game being a necessity, but I, I think you minor in those big plays with your feet, those back-breaking scrambles. you got to major in throwing the football because eventually the rent comes due, and it's third and nine, and you're in the pocket, and everyone knows you're, you're throwing it. But I believe Sam Howell's game is capable of becoming you know, a middle-of-the-pack starter in the NFL, a, a solid starting quarterback, and part of that is the fact that I think he can make plays with his feet. I think he showed that in the one game you saw, but coming out of college, it's not a coincidence. He yeah. lost all those weapons at North Carolina. He ran for 100 yards seven different times in the ACC. That touchdown run was no joke, man. So I, I would run some read option, absolutely, every single game, every single half. I would run some design keepers and some nakeds and some boots, and I would do a lot of, frankly, what happened in week 18 for the commanders, where ideally most of what he gets is on scrambles, but I, I would... If I'm talking to Greg Roman about this job, I'm saying, hey, how are we going to get Sam Howell to make some plays with his feet? And whether it's his time with Taylor or Kaepernick or Jackson, 
all guys that are faster clearly have you know more of that fader turned up as rushers. But I, my comp for Howell as a runner has been Daniel Jones. It might be a light version of that. But I really do think you can make him next year a much better player than people think just by turning up the rushing a little bit. Like about, uh, Brian Dable did with the Giants. To argue in, in your favor, think about what that means. That's two more first downs a game, probably. On a third and three, you're doing this way. Or on a second and five, you, you add something. No, just, just keep possession. Think about how hard it is to defend. Yeah. You know, Jalen Hurts, uh, not just the quarterback sneaks, where they were 28 to 32 in the regular season this year and then great in the playoffs. But when it's third and three, to use the down and distance you said, or fourth and two, and now he's reading a defensive end and you're playing 11 on 11 football, it, it just changes the math. And I think whoever the coordinator is, and Biennemi would hopefully do the same thing, they would be making a huge mistake if Hal's the starter and they don't go into the season planning on him rushing for a, you know, a few hundred yards. Early career Russell Wilson kind of stuff. Let's go to Jensen in Burtonsville. Hey, Jensen. Hey, let me just start with this premise. Um, uh, first of all, if Andy Reid was available as a coach right now, I'm sure there's no doubt in everybody's mind they would take Andy Reid as their head coach. But uh, the question you're posing is actually flawed. And the answer actually is right in front of you, because if you go back and review the tape of all the accolades that you're spewing on Eric, the enemy and everything that he has done, in your opinion, you would ask yourself, why isn't he applying for a head coaching job? Well, now, he interviewed for one. He just inter- he's interviewed for 17 of them, actually. Right. But here's the point. This is the point. The defensive coordinator of Kansas City, and they're far from being renowned as defensive prowess, Spags is getting uh, head coaching interviews left and right. Here's the here's the ugly thing. I, I haven't heard of Steve about. Spagnolo interviewing for a job in a few years, actually. Yeah, he's interviewing. Trust me, he's interviewing. And here's the uh, here's the ugly secret that nobody wants to address. Andy Reid is an egomaniac, and he's narcissistic. Trust me on this. He's got I'm one kid in the Hold ground. on, let me get my pencil. Let me get my pen. Hold on. Okay. All right, write it down. Yeah. Andy Reid's And your, who's your source again? Oh, you need this explained to you? I yeah, yeah I detail. do. No, I'm trying to trust okay. you. I need your source. Okay. All right. Let me explain it to you. Andy Reid, I would take him in a heartbeat as head coach. He's of narcissistic. Okay. And he's an egomaniac. He's Back. buried one kid in the ground, and he's got one in jail. Okay? He's focused on football. Andy Reid doesn't delegate his offense coordinator duties to Eric Bieniemy. Eric Bieniemy is not the offensive coordinator. Well, that's what, why. Andy, well, okay, that might be. Why, but why did Doug Peterson get that job, and how has that worked out for him? I mean, do you think you can't be in the same kitchen as a chef, as a sous chef, and have something rub off on you? Yeah. Well, listen, we're not talking about rub offs here. And in fact, if you want to, if you want to, if you want to educate yourself, listen to a little Jason Whitlock. He'll educate you on the hidden secrets of Eric Bieniemy. Okay, Eric Bieniemy went a lot of places. There, that uh, was fascinating. Appreciate the phone call. I could tell based on the tone in the first like five seconds. I was like, oh, this should be interesting. This guy will be a lot of fun. <laughs> I had a good time. This guy's fun at a party. So the point is. Eric Bannemi has been up for a number of head coaching positions. Hasn't gotten one. I think that's ridiculous, by the way. Steve Spagnuolo, by the way, I can't find the last head coaching interview he took. Well, but I'll trust him. I'm trusting. I'm going to trust happening, him. It's happening. It's just not getting reported. Yeah, I'm going to trust him. The fact is, Bannemi shouldn't be available. But here we are. We're we're taking advantage. We're even having this conversation because of a flaw in the system. Well, 
I, I apologize for that flaw. I can't fix that right now. What I can do is say that this would be the most excited people have been for an offensive coordinator in some time coming to town here. And and if you disagree, that's on that's express your opinion and enjoy that, I suppose. But to me, he has been in the room when some great, great things have happened. And I would take my chances there every time. Totally. Yeah. And I the, the Andy Reid critique, other than to say he's always been willing to put his assistance over. And right after the Super Bowl in his first interview on the field by the sideline reporter. The first thing when asked about the comeback in the second half was to say that Eric Bieniemy did a heck of a job and that Mahomes and the offensive line were awesome. Like he, he's been deflecting attention, which is jet. I don't know a whole lot about narcissism, but that's not the way I, I don't think. Remember, it's a, he said narcissist. I don't even know what that is. I don't think that's the way it's supposed to go. Let's, let's go to Bob, who's in Tennessee. What's up, Bob? How are you? Hey Bob, I'm I'm the one that was abducted by the aliens. Man. Oh no, Bob back. is back! How did it go, buddy? I'm what did they like? Hey, Were they nice? What I, did you see? I got I got beamed up to this giant balloon. Yep. Oh, I no. could barely breathe. I don't know how high we were, <laughs> and all I want to know about was about nuclear uh, installations. I said I don't know anything. I don't know. I don't know what the connection is, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let me uh, the thing the thing with uh how. The best thing for him, honestly, I, I think it's going to have to be Eric Bieniemy. For we've got the receivers already. That's going to entice Bieniemy right off the bat. He's got a fairly good quarterback. I think what he can see on tape, he can think I can work with that. And it's cutting edge. And the thing with his attitude, if he's got an attitude problem like uh, Urban Meyer or something, Urban Meyer light. You know that Ron Rivera can step in and say, "Hey, uh, you know, I'm the one who berates people." I'm the professional here. I don't want you doing that. So that that really shouldn't be an issue as long as Ron Rivera's here. So I think what's going to end up happening is Rivera's going to say, hey, guys, I, I changed my mind. We're going to be running. We're going to be passing the ball, and we're going to be running second. I mean, I could see that happening as easily as we're going to run two to one. Appreciate you, buddy. Yeah, I mean, to me, you 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 hire an artist – you don't start dictating the kind of art that you want them to produce, right? Like, you you know their work. You bring in this artist, you'll go, well, I just actually paint by numbers. Stay inside the lines. I don't want any kind of interpretation. You would never do that. That wouldn't make any sense. And hopefully, I don't give Rivera and, and the Mortys too much of the benefit of the doubt when it comes to decisions that they make at the macro level. I, I don't think they've they've just got the right approach or, or any good at this. But you would think at least they know that much, right? You don't bring in... Michelangelo and say, all right, man, just, uh, you know, uh, paint the house, just, you know, up and down, make sure all the corners are covered. You know what I mean? That's what the enemy is. Double play is next on GND. What's going on in our lives? Nothing to do with sports. Got the blitz at four, the first of a couple opportunities today to win tickets to the DC defenders home opener. If you want to go to the game on Sunday night, Audi field XFL is back. DC defenders are back. We've got your tickets in 18 minutes on the fan. We're giving away a four-pack of tickets to the D.C. Defenders coming up at the top of the hour. Make sure you were listening. So I came up with an idea for a little game that we could play as a show. I love a game. Do I get to use my bell? If you'd like. If you'd like. 
This game is based on what I think people think of me. Everybody thinks I hate everything, right? Everyone thinks that I'm no fun, that I don't enjoy stuff that happens in public, or I don't like anything. That's that's the rep I've cultivated somehow. So your game that you've come up with is a game about Danny. Yes, okay. it's a game about me, and 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 I think it's brilliant because I'm intimately involved in it. I feel like what a great idea by me. I thought of it while I was going to the bathroom yesterday. It's not important the other part of the details. I just wanted you to know where my my head was, and I came running back in. And I was like, Gareth, I have this great idea for a game. It's about me. Anyway, so here's the deal. I'm going to tell you guys a little story that I saw online. Your game, your job will be, is Danny in or out on the bit? So in we have a 50% chance of getting it right? Yes, and you'll have to offer an explanation. Okay. And if you're right, you will uh, know that you were right. And if you're wrong, you'll have to live in shame. Okay. Here's the deal. <clears throat> a little blurb from, uh, I believe it was the Washington Post. A young couple, a D.C. power couple, a legislative assistant for a, a, a congressperson and a policy advocate, blah, blah, blah. They get engaged at a place called Dan's Cafe. Now, for those that are uninitiated, Dan's Cafe is the ultimate dive bar, like as a source of pride. They don't do the, the brand new decor is a fringe this and that and the explosive. They give you some booze and a tiny chaser. They, you sit down, and it's Pabst. It's old-school dive bar type stuff, right? Their whole deal is, we ain't nice. Send us over four Boilermakers. It's that place. That's where, uh, what's that guy's name? Cam, Cam, Cam. Neely? Cam Neely would, would go. If he, if he lived in town, he'd drink at Dan's Cafe. Seabass. Seabass, thank you. This place is awesome because it insists we're not doing the new fangled foo-foo nonsense, okay? So there's a story that they got, somebody got engaged. Dan's Cafe issues an official statement. We are aware of an alleged recent incident involving an engagement at our establishment. We are deeply sorry and will do our best to ensure it does not happen again. We understand that we are a safe haven for singles, bad decisions, one-night stands, and other customers simply hoping to forget. Love is not something people want to see in our dimly lit bar, and the fact that it seems to have happened around Valentine's Day is all the more sickening. We have already reduced bathroom and floor cleaning frequencies and lengthened the amount of time that champagne can be left uncorked in hopes of discouraging future incidents like this one so that our degenerate customers will once again feel at home in our bar. That is the statement from Dan's Cafe. I challenge all of you. Oh, this is the easiest game in the world. Are we playing? Is Danny in or out? Danny on loves this it. Bit? He's in. It's funny. It's humorous. It's creative. It's a restaurant. Uh, sticking it up. You wouldn't have brought it up if you hated it. Easiest game I've ever played. Danny is in. Grant's response is recorded. Do I have a... Can I ask, ask a question? You here? are more than welcome to ask questions. Is this... Are, are we asking if you're in or, in or out on the restaurant, the restaurant itself? Like yes. doing this bit? Yes. They offered an official statement condemning an engagement in their establishment. I don't... I, I don't get why you would like that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go against the grain. I'm gonna say no. You, you you're not in on this. Mm. Yeah. Mm. The plot thickens. Rhino. I want to be cute and zag, but I feel like you're all in on this because of the humorous aspect of it. So I'm gonna say Danny is in. Without further ado, Grant, Ryan, you know your guy. I'm in. I'm so the easiest game in ever on this. I loved this so much. 
Now, I won't always love it. Sometimes I will head fake you and pretend like I love it. But this is not pretending. I think this is the greatest thing of all time. I love this so much. None of these nonsensical, highfalutin bits of language about whimsical decor and tiny appetizers that leave you empty inside the stomach. That's not what Dan's Cafe is all about. You're there to get hammered on booze. That's their whole deal. Right there on 18th Street at the base of Adams Morgan. Many times I left there overserved Dan's Cafe. And then they issue that kind of a statement just to remind everybody of who they are on brand. In! That's how we play. Is this Dan's Cafe yes. or Dance Cafe? It's said fast often because you're hammered when you say it. Like, let's go to dance. Sounds like dance. Dan apostrophe Like Dan S. Snyder's Cafe. Yes, like me. Like Dan's Cafe. Another reason why you may have liked it. You know what I want to talk about? Put a pin in this one. Someone write this down. Could be today. Could be another day. I'd love to take calls on this. There's actually a restaurant that has decided after a lot of years to stop serving people under 10 years old. I saw this. Uh, it's in it's in Northern New Jersey. Virginia. I thought it was in New Jersey. Uh, maybe it is. I don't. I thought it was in Northern Virginia locally. Could be wrong. But this restaurant sent out this thing. It's like an Italian joint, this family Italian restaurant. Not a bar, but a legit restaurant where they're like, yeah, kids just can't behave anymore. Post-pandemic, they're running around the restaurant. They're, they're running into waiters with plates. We can't do this anymore. We're very sorry. And, of course, a lot of people are very upset by it. We're like, no, oh, now I'm going to go somewhere else. And Good. Like, Enjoy that other place. <laughs> but I, I do want to talk about that at some point on G&D. Nick Dowd of the Washington Capitals, a big part of the Beltway Blitz today. He is going to join us at the top of the hour. And remember, at 4 o'clock, when we kick off the Blitz, we're giving away tickets to the D.C. Defenders. The XFL's coming back. you got to be listening. G&D on the fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.